mi gente, espero que se encuentren bien desde donde nos escuchen. Feliz diciembre, el mes de abundancia, de amor y felicidad. Aunque aun ha sido un año súper raro y difícil para muchos, espero que hagan un poco de paz y fe en este mes para todos. Hello, everyone. I hope that all is well from wherever you guys are listening. Happy December, the month of abundance of love and happiness. Although it has been a super crazy year and difficult for many, I hope there will be a little peace and faith in this month for everyone. Today, you will be joining myself, your host, and two other professional mental health therapists. Delena Powell and Amy Monterrosa to discuss domestic violence and working with individuals dealing with or who have dealt with these traumas. As professionals who work with individuals who unfortunately more commonly than you think deal with domestic violence, I decided to bring you this episode from two individuals who have knowledge and background in this topic and working with victims uh, and survivors. Hoy te unirás a mí y otras dos terapeutas profesionales de salud mental, Delena Powell y Amy Monterrosa, para hablar sobre la violencia doméstica y cómo es trabajar con personas que se ocupan de estos traumas o que han pasado por ellos. Como profesionales que trabajamos con personas que desafortunadamente es más común que lo que piensan lidiar con violencia doméstica, decidí tratar de traerles este episodio con dos profesionales que tienen conocimiento y experiencia en este tema y trabajan con víctimas y sobrevivientes. This is Akantrenos and this is season 3 episode 10 Behind the Curtains of Domestic Violence. Esto es Akantrenos y este es el episodio 10 de la temporada 3 Detrás de las Cortinas de la Violencia Doméstica. And well, let us begin. We're going to start by welcoming our guests, Delena Powell and Amy Monterrosa. They will take a few minutes introducing themselves and telling us a bit about their work, titles, and professional backgrounds. Y bueno, vamos a comenzar. Vamos a empezar dando de la bienvenida a nuestras invitadas, Delena Powell y Amy Monterrosa. Se tomarán unos minutos presentándose y contándonos un poco sobre su trabajo, títulos y ascendentes profesionales. Hola, chica, ¿cómo están? Hey, guys, how's it going? Hi, how are you? Um, good, so I'll, go, I'll go first, D, if you don't mind. Um, so my nombre is Esaime Monterrosa. Um, I am a clinical director at a nonprofit in Los Angeles that works with victims of domestic violence. We are a resource center in three different areas. So we're in LA, South LA, and in Pasadena. Um, and then I'm also a therapist in private practice. So soy una terapeuta. Um, que tengo una um, oficina privada y también soy una gerente de un programa um, que da recursos a las víctimas de violencia doméstica en la comunidad. Estamos en Sur Los Ángeles, en Los Ángeles, um, cerca del centro y en Pasadena. Gracias, gracias. Hi everyone, my name is Delena Powell. I've been working in the field of domestic violence for around 15 years. I'm currently a res director of residential and housing services for a, a nonprofit agency that focuses on shelters for domestic violence. So I currently oversee six shelters that serve victims of domestic violence throughout Los Angeles County. Um, I'm also a victim advocate. I've been working in domestic violence counseling, um, as well as being a group facilitator and um, just educating the community 
about domestic violence and the dynamics of domestic violence and survivor services. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you, ladies, for coming. What an honor to have two wonderful women with such background in this um, topic. That's so cool. Um, I'm, I'm so glad Thank that you, you guys are us. here. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so as always, I will lead with questions I have gathered for these ladies and they will take turns answering each question for you all. Remember ladies, we do these episodes in both English and Spanish, so please don't forget to elaborate in both languages. Um, and today, uh, Delena does not speak Spanish, but um, we're, we're, it's okay. Le vamos a ayudar, le vamos a ayudar. We're gonna help her and her partner in crime is gonna, um, is going to be her her introducer in Spanish. Uh, y como siempre, lidaré con las preguntas que he reunido para estas damas y se aturnarán para responder cada pregunta para todos ustedes. Uh, ya les dije que se recordaran que el episodio es en inglés y español. Uh, nuestra uh, Delaney, la, la muchacha que no habla español, um, lo va a contestar solo en inglés, pero su um, pareja en crime acá lo, se lo va a decir en español. Um, bueno, let's get started. So for our fir first question, um, I, I wanted to ask how the common domestic violence today in ages, some people like to believe that it doesn't really exist anymore, that people are more stronger now, etc. So for the first question, how common is domestic violence today in age and what communities or individuals do you see dealing with the most? ¿Qué tan común es la violencia doméstica hoy en día? ¿Y qué comunidades o individuos ven que lidian más con esto? So what we do see about uh, domestic violence in today's age is that domestic violence is definitely um, alive and happening more prevalent than we even know. What we know about domestic violence is really what is only reported as far as statistics with domestic violence. What we fail to realize is that there are a number of cases that are go unreported every year. So we're not really capturing the extent of this problem. But I think that when you're inundated in the work and you really see what's going on in the communities, then you know that domestic violence is definitely um, alive more than ever. I think the normalizing of domestic violence and what we see um, going on in social media and different platforms is what's really providing that barrier to people really being able to identify what is domestic violence and when they're actually experiencing domestic violence because we don't have a lot of education going out as to what domestic violence is. And a lot of things that we would we consider domestic violence is actually being normalized, you know, as play fights and you know, play arguments and just, um, this is the normal dynamics that, that carry out between couples. <laughs> and I was gonna say, you're giving me a lot. <laughs> no, lo que, lo que estamos, uh, lo que dijo Delena es muy cierto que la violencia doméstica es más común de lo que la gente piensa. Um, y el problema es que cuando, cuando miramos los números, no captura todo, ¿verdad? Porque uno de, lo, uno de los problemas de, um, que encontramos es que la gente no reporta todo lo que está pasando. Entonces, hay lo que vemos y hay lo que no vemos. Y cuando estamos haciendo en este, este trabajo en la comunidad, uno que, una cosa que puedo decir yo es que 
es común en, en casi todas las culturas, ¿verdad? Pero un, un número que sí voy a decir es como el, el 60% es en comunidades latinas, hispanas, comunidades afroamericanas. Um, so es, es algo que sí se ve porque también hay normalizamos mucho, ¿verdad? El pelear con la pareja y, y en lo que vemos en, en las redes sociales, ¿verdad? Que la, los pleitos, la, um, el control, ¿verdad? Viéndole el teléfono a la pareja, todas esas cosas son formas de agresiones, de, de violencia contra una pareja y eso, eso, es, eso es algo que a veces la gente no entiende, es que la violencia doméstica no nomás es física. Hay muchas cosas, ¿verdad? Hay, hay el control del dinero, hay um, el control el de cómo, el, el abuso emocional, ¿verdad? El abuso a veces contra los animales, ¿verdad? Usando los niños para controlar a, la, a las parejas, los hijos, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. um, controlando qué fe puede tener o qué fe puede practicar alguien. So, hay muchas dinámicas, entonces por eso decimos nosotros que aunque los números sí sean Sí se ven, ¿verdad? Y especialmente ahorita en este año, dijiste tú al principio, es, es un año muy extraño, pero es un año también donde hemos visto que las llamadas por la violencia doméstica han subido, ¿verdad? Y, y es porque hay tantas, hay, hay tantas cosas causantes, ¿verdad? Hay mucho, mucho, mucho estrés. También vemos, ¿verdad?, la salud mental, cómo impacta a la gente, ¿verdad?, la violencia doméstica. También um, algo que dijo Delena es que las redes sociales pero también um, causan mucha influencia, ¿verdad?, en, en la forma en que la gente normaliza cómo uno debe actuar en sus relaciones, ¿verdad? Um, nosotros siempre enseñamos a los, a los clientes mucho sobre el control. Um, so eso es algo muy importante que... Creo que vamos a tocar también en, la, en las otras preguntas. Um, but I think I, I, I hope I caught everything that she was saying. Um, and I, well, the one thing I do want to throw out there, and I'll say this in English and Spanish, is that there's a stat that says one in three women experience domestic violence and one in four men experience domestic violence, right? And, and these are just numbers reported. So when we say that there is numbers that are not, um, Think of how staggering that is, right? So, hay una estadística que dice que hay un, una mujer en cuatro um, sufre de violencia doméstica y un hombre en cuatro um, sufre de, de violencia doméstica. Y esas son las estadísticas que sabemos, los números que se han reportado, pero sabemos que hay muchos más que no. Um, so, eso, ¿verdad? Es, es algo muy impresionante, ¿verdad? Pensar que tantas personas um, sufren de esto y, y no es algo común de que se habla, ¿verdad? Sabemos los números, pero todavía no, no hablamos mucho sobre esto en las comunidades. Sí, sí. Um, yeah, it's, it, 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 that, that's why I thought that question was so important, just because you are seeing certain things, uh, like Delena said earlier, get normalized or get passed as like, play fighting or things like that. I don't know if you guys have seen, but lately on social media, um, it's very common, the whole uh, toxic person. It, it's like kind of like a popular thing, like, oh, she's just toxic or he's just toxic. He checks my phone because he's toxic. Um, or like little memes of like, oh, I like them toxic or things like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
uh, La Toxica. It's like a popular thing right now. And in my head, I'm just like, mm, well, it's actually not okay that like your partner acts like that. It's not, yeah, it should not yeah. be um, accepted or normalized as yeah. like healthy. It's not. But mm -hmm. I think that unfortunately, you know, culture and just whatever gets, um, I guess clout in those moments and gets caught up in like popularity mm -hmm. is what's in. But, you know, I think that might also even allow more people to fall, um, you know, underneath the curtain or behind the curtain of like, oh, well, maybe she's just a little toxic or he's just a little toxic and controlling because he loves me and they normalize it as okay. Yeah, definitely. And I think that accounts to what we're seeing as far as what you asked about like the age group and the different demographics. First, we also always preface it by saying domestic violence can affect anyone, no matter what age, what race, what social class, what economic background, educational background you have. We're all subject to being victims of domestic violence. But we do see a rise in this affecting more people in the age demographic of 18 to 24. And I think it has a lot to do with the influence. You know, you're most influential around those ages. You're really getting those messages from society as far as how relationships are supposed to work, look and what's normalized. And um, I think that's a big cause for that demographic to go up. But what we do know that is that um, women under 44, the number one killer of women under 44 years old is homicide. And unfortunately, over half of those are intimate partner homicide. So that tells us there that we have a huge problem in our society with domestic violence. So it's not something to be minimalized. Yeah. Yeah. Sí, lo que lo que acaba de decir Delena uh, Delena compartiendo con nosotros es que lo que estamos viendo es que en las edades de 18 a 24 el, lo, los números de, de las personas que sufren de violencia doméstica son los más altos. Y eso es porque la red social tiene mucha influencia, ¿verdad? En, en, ese, en ese grupo de, edad, de edades. Y vemos um, cómo se normaliza, ¿verdad? La, la persona tóxica, la persona que controla, ¿verdad? La persona que está viendo mi, mi teléfono se pone celoso y, y lo normaliza uno y no se da cuenta que esas cosas son los, ¿verdad? los signos al principio de cuando las cosas se pueden empeorar, ¿verdad? Um, y también otra estadística que, que nos compartió es que la número, la, la número uno razón um, causante de los homicidios um, en las mujeres menos de 44 años, la mitad de estas estadísticas son um, víctimas de la violencia doméstica. Eso es algo que es más común de lo que la, la gente piensa y afecta a todo mundo. No importa tu fe, no importa verdad cuánto, cuánto dinero tienes, no importa um, la cultura. Eso es algo que puede impactar a, a todo mundo, ¿verdad? Y, y eso creo que por eso para ella y para mí es tan importante educar a la comunidad, educar también medio, medio las redes sociales es una de las razones por qué empezamos nuestra página, es para tener esa educación y hacerles saber a la gente que esto es algo muy común and it's and it's super dangerous. I don't know why that word just slipped my mind in Spanish, but but it, it's so dangerous how normalized some of these traits are, um, and and we don't even realize how how 
easy we can fall victim into these kinds of relationships and not even know how damaging it is emotionally, right? Maybe 10, 20 years. I know I work with a lot of clients who had teenage dating violence and they're still dealing with the effects 20 years later. Yeah. Sí, lo que dijo es peligroso. La palabra que buscabas es peligroso. Es muy peligroso que esto se normaliza mucho porque, pues, tristemente causa que las personas um, no entiendan o no, no vean que, um, que el peligro en que corren y que no es normal estar en relaciones así. I'm wondering, and I'll ask it in both Spanish and English before we go on to question number two, um, could it also be that the fact that 18 to 24 is usually the the range um, in age because they're also young and don't really know maybe first-time relationships or maybe that's what they saw at home? Do you guys see kind of a pattern in that? Uh, lo que les acabo de preguntar es que um, si tal vez puede ser que la comunidad comunidad que cae de 18 a 24 años las víctimas puede ser a través de que es primera vez que están en una relación romántica o tal vez fue lo que vieron en el hogar a través de los papás entonces no saben otra manera de, de estar en una relación o de comunicarse etcétera sí sí yo creo que si es algo que alguien está viendo en, en su casa dentro de su familia um, se forman patrones, ¿verdad? Porque todo esto es traumatizante. Entonces, la gente entra a relaciones con estas ideas que es normal. Esto pasó en mi casa, entre mis padres, entonces debe de ser lo, la correcta forma en que alguien me, me ame, ¿verdad? Y por eso es muy importante también la educación en, en, en el high school, ¿verdad? Porque ahí también estamos viendo que hay mucho de, esto, de esas relaciones tóxicas, como se dicen, mm. y es, parece como un chiste, ¿verdad? Pero también para nosotras, ¿verdad? Um, especialmente en, en las redes sociales, todos los días nos estamos mandando mensajes, miraste esto, y mira, por eso la gente cree que, que esto es normal. Um, so hay hay muchas, muchas cosas que impactan eso, pero lo que pasa en la familia, um, creo que es, es una de las cosas que es muy tiene mucha influencia en lo que uno venga a, a realizar que este es el, el, el amor, ¿verdad? Que es así, así son las relaciones. Yeah. I'll translate for myself, Delina, sorry. <laughs> uh, what I was saying is that if you, if you see it at home, the likelihood that you're going to recreate those patterns, right, is, is almost at, like at 90% because this is traumatizing, right? And what we know of trauma is that you start forming patterns about what you think love looks like, right? And so if you're seeing your family members, if you're seeing older sisters, brothers, right, cousins, and this is what they're going through, you start forming these ideas of this is just love and this is normal. And, and Delena and I are constantly in our DMs back and forth, right, about did you see this? Did you look at this? And this is, this is why people think that this is okay and that this is a joke or this is normal. So we're constantly going back and forth because I know that's one of our biggest pet peeves is when we see people that do the pranks and we watch their partners react like aggressively and we're like, that's what we're talking about, right? So those are the things that people are looking at and, and it's normalized and, and it's not, it, it can lead to 
more aggression, more more violence, or we're seeing the early signs of what you know your future relationship might look like. Yeah, people, couples have gotten popular. I'm talking making millions on YouTube and social media because they're perpetrating these ideas of jealousy and toxic. And um, I, I just saw one the other day. Uh, they're, they're, they're a couple that's, I mean, they're funny, but... Um, there was one they posted where she was like, oh, I'm going to tell my boyfriend that I'm going to wear this to the gym. Let's go see how he reacts. And he's like, oh, hell no, you ain't going nowhere. And like starts like, you know, obviously they're faking it. It's totally staged, but it definitely I can see what you're saying. It can normalize it for other people to be like, well, that's OK. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. It is normalizing it. And like we said, without the education and the dynamics of what domestic violence is, then we just, you know, unfortunately, we don't know. And that age range is so easily uh, influenced. We know when we're 18 to 24, we're really trying to find who we are in the world and who we are in relationships. And this is the first time that we're experiencing relationships on our own. So um, we're really just trying to figure it all out. So we're being inundated with just so many messages about what relationships look like and you know the our past trauma and all those influences definitely play a part in that yeah yeah all right um well thank you guys so much for answering in so much detail that first question it's it's just so important you know as people are listening and um you know hearing this podcast to to kind of know what's going on um sometimes you know some of us thankfully haven't experienced anything like that or whatever it may be, or we've never saw that at home or whatever it may be. Um, and so they, they don't really know, you know, so it's, it's mm -hmm. good to inform people. So for question number two, um, what are the signs friends, family, and other individuals need to look out for in victims? and or perpetrators. ¿Cuáles son las señales que los amigos, la familia y otras personas deben de buscar en las víctimas o los perpetradores? <laughs> Definitely. So uh, I would say for victims of domestic violence, um, the first thing that I would probably look out for is that it's almost like a change in the demeanor of who the person is before they get involved in the relationship to after they're involved in the relationship. And I think that's a huge indicator I mean, we all enter relationships, we all, you know, go through our little cuddle stage and we want to spend all our time around the person. But for this um, particular dynamic, there's almost like, um, you know, the person almost seems like totally lost in the relationship. And I think that's one of the biggest um, indicators. Um, there's also like um, bruising or unexplained injuries. So sometimes survivors or victims will make excuses or how they receive those injuries or unexplained um, bruises. So that's another thing to look at. Um, isolation, a lot of isolation. Isolation is a very big factor in domestic violence. So a lot of times perpetrators will um, isolate their victims so that they can exhibit more control over the victims. So um, stop hanging out with friends or family, um, You know, watching their partner become jealous of when they're hanging out with friends and family. That's a huge sign they look for. Um, definitely we see a lot of victims become depressed um, in relationships. 
So um, that's another sign to look out for. And then when I, um, I always say like, um, when the victim seems like scared or on edge when they're talking about the other person. So um, a lot of examples that we see in victims is like, they've got to be home. You know, they've got to go home and when they can't you may make any changes to their routine. So you may be talking, spending time with a friend or a loved one and you're like, hey, let's hang out for this extra 15 minutes. You see their phone is blowing up from their partner. You know, they're ready to dash out of the door. So those are some of the signs that you can um, take. And when you're trying to identify if they're with somebody who may be exhibiting um, violence against them as well, I mainly look for someone who is, ha is in a relationship that's moving way too fast. That's one of the big signs. Like okay. perpetrators seem to come in there and they, you know, claim their ground and they're in love within a week, three days. You know, this person is moving really fast. And that is definitely a big red flag. And I'll let my, uh, <laughs> I'll let Ivy take the floor here. Mm -hmm. I can go on and on. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, don't, if, if, if don't, you can't tell, we get, don't we get hesitate very to chime in. Yeah, don't hesitate to chime in with more. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no, as, as you can tell, um, nosotras somos muy apasionadas en, en esta, um, por la, la educación sobre la, la violencia doméstica. Um, entonces, si nos oyen hablar, hablar de más, es porque es algo que, que es muy especial a nuestros corazones. Um, so lo que estaba diciendo es que um, el cambio de comportamiento, ¿verdad? Es, es la primera um, forma en que uno puede notar um, si alguien está en una, en una relación que um, están sufriendo, ¿verdad? Sobre la violencia doméstica. So, viendo el cambio en, en comportamiento, um, no regresar llamadas, ¿verdad? No salir con las amistades. A veces hasta um, aislarse de, de la familia, ¿verdad? Um, so, si están viendo esos cambios, um, es... Es algo que también um, si notan depresión, ¿verdad? A veces la, la víctima se siente bien perdida, um, confundida, um, se sienten um, muy a solas, como que no pueden, no pueden um, hablar de lo que está pasando si, si notan mucha ansiedad. Um, esas son una, una de las señas, ¿verdad? Que alguien um, posiblemente esté en una relación peligrosa, um, pero también... Algo que dijo Delina que es muy importante es que si notan que la relación está moviendo muy rápidamente, ¿verdad? Que, que ha, ha conocido a la persona y como a las tres semanas ya, ya quiere vivir con, con la persona o está controlando más cómo sale, cómo, cómo se viste. Um, si, si está con, con amistades o familia y ven que su teléfono constantemente esté sonando, que lleguen textos, um, ¿Verdad? Es, esas son señas que la relación esté, esté un poco problemática o, o sigue a lo, a lo peligro, pero creo que la cosa número uno es el cambio en comportamiento, ¿verdad? Porque uno pierde ese poder personal. So, se, so, la persona um, se mira como completamente que está dependiendo de la pareja. So, esas son cosas importantes que notar. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so change in behavior seems to be, um, one of the biggest ones. And, um, at, at, you know, on a personal level, I have, um, I've seen kind of 
you know, or have heard of changing behavior amongst my own patients or people I've known. So it makes sense now that, you know, Mm -hmm. I was kind of like thinking back to the way people have shared their stories and stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow, there is obviously a big difference. Um, They get isolated and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and what about, again, I'm not sure how much you guys work with perpetrators, but what are some changes that maybe family and friends can see in perpetrators or um, some red flags on, you know, someone that might be, you know, victimizing someone in in this case? Um, I I think for me, and I I can go ahead and and translate too, is that what I've noticed is um, people's reactions to anger um, and how when something happens or there's a, a kind of conflict, how they react, right? If, if they are um, explosive, um, if they, again, if they, if they normalize controlling, right, their partner's, you know, movement, their partner's, you know, bank account, their, their partner's phone. Um, so I, in, in the community work that we do, we don't often work with perpetrators, but I, I know that we've seen it um, and, and I've seen it in private practice and that I think really the, the reaction to anger, how aggressive, um, how aggressive they come off. So la agresión, ¿verdad? ¿Cómo, cómo piensan que es normal o es, es um, verdad derecho a, a controlar la pareja y, su, y sus movimientos, um, su teléfono? Uh, su cuenta bancaria, verdad, dinero. Um, so cuando la gente es, es más explosiva en, en, cómo, um, en cómo manejan cuando hay conflicto, verdad. So, todas esas son señas, viendo, viendo la persona um, que se crea con derecho a controlar a alguien, verdad, el enojo. Um, y, y cómo sale el enojo, la ira. Um, para mí, es, eso han sido las, las señas que yo he notado en personas que a veces cuando me están hablando de su pareja, que me da, ¿verdad? Me alzan las, las banderas que, oh, esto, este, este um, comportamiento es problemático. Ok, ok. Did you want to add anything to that, Delaney, on kind of what you've seen, if you have? Uh, yes, yeah, so I have seen with um, more common with perpetrators. One big thing that I see is that um, the failure to take accountability. And so that means like they're always blaming the victim for all of their behaviors or getting out of character or any problems in a relationship. It's always the other person's fault. So that's a big flag. Like if you're, you know, talking, if you're recognizing this and maybe a friend, family, loved one, um, it's usually the things in the relationship are never their fault. It's always mm-hmm. the victim's fault or the victim made them do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a big door of accountability there. Um, also just controlling behavior. So I think that we can all attest that like when we see someone mm-hmm. they make like some really controlling behaviors over their partner and um, jealousy is a big one too. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of jealousy coming from the perpetrator in the mm-hmm. relationship. And this can be, um, you know, real jealousy about real people that they're hanging with. Or we see a lot of perpetrators just, you know, making up scenarios 
the jealousy. It'll just be jealous of family members and the time that, you know, the victim is spending with family members, a long-term friends and or coworkers or their time at work. So um, I think those are some of the big um, red flags that we see. And um, I have seen a little bit of like the obsession with the partner. So just having this fixation on the partner and what the partner is doing as well. So those are probably some of the the flags to look for, but it's really hard to identify because with domestic violence, some of those things are really overt, like we can see mm-hmm. them um, really clearly, but a lot of domestic violence is really covert. So it is like the small looks that the um, perpetrator will make to the victim, you know, instilling that fear in them or just little things that they'll do that we don't see. You know, I've heard about perpetrators committing things such as like pinching or, you know, just secret things that you really can't see, but they're, um, they're actually abusing the victim. Yeah. Sorry, Anna. <laughs> sí, sí. Um, quiero también um, decir lo que lo que dijo Delena es que también um, la usualmente los agresores no toman responsabilidad por sus acciones, ¿verdad? Todo so, eso es algo muy común que vemos que todo es la culpa um, de la pareja. Sí. Si esa persona no, no hubiera dicho eso, yo no hubiera actuado de esta manera. So, no poder tomar esa responsabilidad. También vemos obsesión, ¿verdad? Con que tienes, tienen que tener um, control o, o saber los movimientos las 24 horas, ¿verdad? Muy obsesivos y no más con esa persona, con su pareja, ¿verdad? So, nada, nada más importa, pero, pero esa, esa pareja... Um, y también algo que, que dijo, um, ¿verdad? Es, esos comportamientos que son control, um, para dejar saber que ellos tienen control. So, lo que está diciendo es que hay muchas señas que, que se pueden ver, ¿verdad? Si hay moretones, um, sí, pero hay, hay muchas cosas que son más útiles, ¿verdad? So, si no sabes las dinámicas, no sabes que una mirada. ¿Verdad? También puede, puede controlar sí. a la persona, ¿verdad? Un movimiento um, o también el, el um, nonverbal language, no sé por qué se me está yendo ahorita. Uh, Lenguajes sin verbal. Más físico, o sea, sin verbal, ¿verdad? Uh-huh. Los, los físicos, el movimiento, cómo se para uno. So, hay, hay cosas que, que son agresivas, pero no con palabras, sino con el movimiento del cuerpo. So, también eso, eso notamos mucho. Um, y en, en inglés la palabra es, es gaslighting y no y es algo que uh, um, hay mucha educación sobre el, el abuso emocional, ¿verdad? Donde la persona, um, como, como dijimos, que no puede aceptar responsabilidad, ¿verdad? Que, que hace dudar a la pareja que las cosas han pasado. So, también decir, yo, no, yo nunca dije eso, yo nunca hice eso. Um, so, también eso, eso son señas que hemos visto nosotros en, en, en verdad, cuando trabajamos con agresores, so, hemos, hemos notado, ¿verdad? Cuando alguien es agresor, um, yo, yo he hecho terapia con parejas, um, y so, cuando están hablando sobre los problemas, ahí se nota, ¿verdad? En, en la mirada cuando la pareja dice algo de más. Sí, un poquito se... Eh. El gaslighting yo creo se diría como manipulación, un poquito de sí. manipulación a sí. través de la pareja, um, uh-huh. hacer a veces hasta hacer a las víctimas creer que lo que lo que pasó no, no pasó, no es verdad, es una ilusión sí. tuya, um, ya estás yo loca, nunca dije eso, yo nunca loca. dije eso, uh-huh. todo eso para 
para convencer a la pareja que no fue sí. tan serio y sí. tristemente pues a veces uh -huh. las víctimas como no tienen a nadie más en, en uh -huh. su espacio dicen ok pues entonces no pasó y siguen no adelante con, con la relación thank sí, you sí. Uh, ladies both of you for going into so much detail I definitely see the passion in this topic and the background and I'm so uh, happy to have you guys here uh, discussing this um, so for the third question what should we do if we know of someone dealing with this or causing this harm how do we help uh, ¿Qué debemos hacer si sabemos de alguien que esté lidiando con esto o que cause este daño a través de otra persona? ¿Cómo les podemos ayudar? I think one of the most important things that we can do if we know someone who is um, a victim of domestic violence is just being there and being a support to that person. Um, when a person is going through domestic violence, like I said, the isolation is number one. And everything the partner is doing is trying to get, you know, them isolated so that the only advice, the only messages that they're getting is coming directly from the person who is abusing them. Mm -hmm. So that's the only person that they're left to depend on. Because unfortunately, a lot of times when you do have friends or family members who are going through this dynamic, I know people get worn out by listening to it, by hearing the stories, by, you know, it starts to affect everyone. It doesn't just affect the victim and it, it affects their family, their friends, you know, because they they care about this person and know that somebody that you love is experiencing domestic violence. It's just it's a hurtful thing. So a lot of times we're urging people to, you know, leave the situation and get out of the situation. And we become frustrated when they are not leaving and they're not getting out of the situation. So we stop being their support. So I think the number one thing is just being there, you know, take care of yourself as well. But um you know, be a support for that person and don't let them be so isolated because that's a main variable. And then also just encouraging them to seek professional help. So mm -hmm. a lot of times I like to tell people that it's not something that people can do on their own. Like you're not going to say a magic word or something that's going to make that person just wake up and leave the relationship. You want to encourage them to seek professional help as well as, um, you know, being a support for them too. Um, and listen, you know, just listen, <laughs> you know, stop, don't place blame on the victim. I know that's a big thing that we'll talk about. It's like victim blaming. And that's a big part of it is, you know, victim blaming. So that person kind of shuts down because they start to believe that they're the problem. So, um, you know, being a support is a big one. Yeah. See, that's the support. ¿Verdad? Si, si tienen a, a alguien, a una amistad, una familiar que, que esté pasando por esto, es dar apoyo, ¿verdad? Y dar apoyo sin juzgar. Dar, dar apoyo y, y escuchar, ¿verdad? Con, con nomás queriendo de estar ahí para que la persona no se sienta aislada. Porque lo que pasa en esas relaciones es que cortan, ¿verdad? La conexión a la familia, cortan la conexión a las amistades, entonces la, la persona se siente muy sola y cuando, cuando a veces lo que pasa es cuando empiezan a hablar o tratar de agarrar apoyo, um, la gente es, es rápidamente empieza a echarle la culpa, ¿verdad? A, a, la, a la víctima, porque por, vete, ¿verdad? Vete, porque te quedas, ¿verdad? Y, y eso a veces hace sentir a la persona que, que, que les están juzgando. Y, ¿verdad? Y, la, y la persona a veces después 
va de regreso a la relación porque no se siente segura. So, creando un espacio seguro donde la persona se pueda sentir apoyada, donde se pueda sentir normal, ¿verdad? Por, por, ya sea por una, unos 30 minutos que estén hablando por el teléfono. Siempre cuídate a, a, a ti misma porque es muy duro ver a una persona que, que a quien le tengas cariño sufrir. Uh -huh. so, siempre cuidándote a ti misma, pero no quitar ese apoyo, ¿verdad? Y también um, dar, dar la, la, el consejo de, de ir a consejería, de ir a, a agarrar ayuda profesional, porque esto es algo que uno no puede salir de estas relaciones solas, ¿verdad? Hay, hay que dar mucho recurso, ¿verdad? Y eso es lo que quería decir que, que no, no tocó a Delina, es que tener recursos, porque esas relaciones muchas veces afectan las finanzas, el crédito, af afectan donde la persona vive, no, a lo mejor sientan que no tengan dónde vivir. Entonces, tener recursos, um, empujar a la persona que vaya a ayuda profesional, pero lo más grande es dar apoyo sin juzgar. Uh -huh. Aunque no, ¿verdad? Y eso no es decir que... que Tú no, no pienses que no, yo no haría, yo no haría lo mismo, eso no me pasaría a mí. Es, es más grande de eso. Es nomás simplemente estar con una con un ser humano que está sufriendo y dar apoyo sin, sin juzgar y escuchar sinceramente, ¿verdad? Y dar cariño, porque eso, eso es lo que falta. Yeah. Yeah, good answer. That actually takes us into our next question a little bit. Um, of of what was said and which is number four is um we often hear ignorant statements such as victims want to be victims or i would never be that dumb to let that happen to me etc what do you all have to respond to these statements es muy común que escuchemos declaraciones ignorantes como la que acaba de decir que las víctimas quieren ser víctimas vete nunca sería yo tan tonto tan tonta como para dejar que eso me suceda etc ¿Qué responden ustedes a estas declaraciones? Um, th this was, when I saw this question, I'm so glad you asked it and I told you before we got started that this is like my one of my number one pet peeves um, with people who don't understand domestic violence. So te dije al principio que esta pregunta uh, me hizo feliz verla porque creo que es algo que a mí me choca, ¿verdad? Me choca que la gente no entienda estas dinámicas y que simplemente no se puede decir vete, ¿verdad? A mí nunca me pasaría eso. O um, como la, las víctimas quieren ser víctimas porque simplemente todas estas cosas son falsas, ¿verdad? Y, y es todo eso viene de juzgar a la situación y no ponerse en, en el lugar de la persona que esté sufriendo. Porque honestamente hay cosas que en nuestras relaciones, si no hemos sido víctimas severas, garantío que alguien puede ver en su pasado algo que ha pasado en la dinámica de su relación o en la dinámica familiar que ha sido bien similar. Entonces para mí no es tan fácil, no es tan simple Um, por eso la educación es tan importante sobre las dinámicas y no nomás las dinámicas, pero qué impacto tienen en la salud mental, la salud emocional, la confianza, el, el autoestima de la víctima. 
cuando, cuando pasan por esas, estos tipos de relaciones. So, decir eso es, es como um, hacen el, la experiencia al mínimo, ¿verdad? No, no captura um, la forma en que la violencia doméstica impacta cada parte de tu vida, ¿verdad? Por eso cambia el comportamiento, porque cambia toda parte de tu físico, tu mental, tu emocional, todo eso cambia. O so, decirle a alguien, ¿por qué no te vas? ¿Verdad? Es, es no ver que una persona está controlada por dónde, dónde tener de vivir, ¿verdad? ¿Dónde se va a ir? Um, o si no tienen, ¿verdad? Si no la dejan trabajar, ¿verdad? A veces hay parejas que no dejan trabajar a su pareja por tener ese control. ¿Con qué la vas a ayudar, verdad? So, so es... Es algo que a mí, si no lo notan, me notan, me choca. Me chocan estas preguntas porque son, son falsas, ¿verdad? Y, y realmente también son irrespetuosas de la trauma que está pasando la persona. Yeah, definitely. I can't tell you the amount of time and how I have to pull myself from social media. I found myself in heated debates and arguments and comment sections. And so I was just like, pull me off the ledge, pull me off the ledge. I've got to stop. And I, oh, I am like, oh my God, I just got in the biggest argument in social media. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely like, oh. all the time. That's <laughs> serious subject for me. But what I want to say in the matter is that you're right when you say that we hear ignorant statements about domestic violence. And what I think is that ignorance is the opposite of education. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand something, then the most important thing I can tell you is to educate yourself. You're saying you don't understand why a victim stays, you don't understand why somebody's going through these dynamics, then educate yourself as to why they are staying, why they are going through this, instead of making your own assumptions about things. Um, I think that just um, having empathy for people, a lot of things we don't understand in life and we don't understand you know, what the dynamics are in certain situations, but it really costs you nothing to have empathy for someone who's experiencing um, a situation that is, could potentially be fatal to them. Mm -hmm. So I think that you know, as humans, as people, then we have to remember that we have to empathize with what people are going through. And when we look at the statistics and how many people, the prevalence of this, we're talking about one in three women and one in four men and underreporting is going on. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at the prevalence of this, most likely you probably know someone in your family, mm -hmm. your friends, one of your closest friends, someone who's going through this. And the more that we perpetrate victim blaming in these scenarios is the more likelihood that a victim isn't going to leave a circumstance. Mm -hmm. Think about this. If I'm constantly being blamed for something that's being experienced against me, then I'm more likely to stay in the situation so I can try to fix me in the situation because I'm getting all these messages that there's nothing wrong with the other person. There's something wrong with me in that circumstance. So there I go lacking support. The message. Isolated. Yeah. In this situation. And it's making it harder and harder for this person to leave. So, you know, those, that's why those messages bother me so much. And like we were saying earlier today, what message does that send out? We say when we see this perpetrated on social media and so many things, when we see victim blaming, You know, we're creating an atmosphere where we're normalizing what's going on. Yeah. You know, we're, we're still normalizing. Like you said, I see you know, people being humiliated. Humiliation is a big aspect of domestic violence. And people are blaming the other person for why they're being humiliated in that circumstance. And it's really nothing. You don't have control over another person's actions. 
And so there's no way that that victim has control or the power to make a person respond or behave in a certain way. That person is responsible for their own behavior, 1 million percent responsible. No matter how bad you make me, no matter how upset you make me, I know it's not okay for me to put my hands on you. So, and that's nothing that anyone else has to take the responsibility for. That's my own responsibility to know that. Yeah, what was kind of coming up for me um, as you were both saying, and the message from both of you was really similar in both languages, um, was, you know, how the whole blaming the victim, it happens in everything. I mean, it happens, mm -hmm. um, you hear about it, that's our biggest topic about rape, right? Like, oh, well, she shouldn't have been wearing that, and she shouldn't have been walking alone, and she shouldn't have done this or that. Um, same thing with victims, like, oh, well, if you would have just listened, or maybe you you upset him, or you upset her, and that's why she hit you, or that's why he acted that way, and it's like, they don't even, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's just the way we've been ignorantly programmed to think that, like, yeah. you somehow did something to bring that upon yourself, um, yeah. but even i mean even with bullying right like i've i've heard parents um obviously this is another topic but i've heard parents tell patients that are youth uh that i have had like oh well you know he or she um is getting bullied because she or he did that or because she doesn't speak up so she's getting bullied or because he doesn't fight back he's getting bullied and so even the parents without even meaning to are giving the bully the benefit of the doubt on why their own kid is getting like picked on or whatever it may be. Um, so it's, it's just so ironic, um, you know, that automatically we go into like, what did you do to deserve what's happening to you? Um, look, that's what's happening, right? That's what's happening in the relationship too, is that the, that's what the perpetrator is telling the victim. So when they seek support and they're getting the same messaging back, it just reinforces that idea and pushes them back in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Lo que acabo de decir en inglés que las dos dijeron um, fue de que eh, tristemente en nuestra cultura o sociedad, no sé por qué estamos programados a pensar que la víctima, aunque sea víctima de, do, de violencia doméstica o víctima de abuso sexual o víctima del bullying en las escuelas, que algo hizo esa persona para merecer lo que le está pasando. Y um, lo que dijo Amy es que um, como eso también está pasando en las relaciones, que la, el, el perpetrador le está diciendo a la víctima, no, pues tú te lo causaste, tú tú hiciste algo para merecértelo y luego tus amistades y la sociedad te están preguntando también, pues, ¿qué hiciste para que te pasara esto? Entonces, automáticamente las personas dicen, oh, pues, soy yo, yo soy el problema y regresan a eso. So, yeah, thank you guys for your answer. It's just, it's crazy how, unfortunately, you know, like you said, ignorance and Delena, I really like what you said about, you know, the opposite of ignorance is education. If you don't get it, educate yourself, learn about it, especially if you know someone going through this, a loved one, a friend, or, you know, just, just to kind of know and be able to be there for people if they ever do come to you about this and you have no idea what it is about. So 
super, super important for sure. Um, thank you, ladies. Uh, so for the next question, I'd like to hear a little bit about you guys as far as I know you already kind of gave us a intro on what you do and who you are. But um, if you each want to give a little summary of um, what is the work that you personally do um, with this community of individuals? Uh, la siguiente pregunta es solo saber un poquito más de ellas. Um, ya nos dieron una introducción, pero a saber un poquito más detalle a través del trabajo que ellas hacen con esta comunidad de individuos. Um, well, um... I've done, I guess, a lot of work in this field, both past and, and present, and still continue to do a lot of work in the field. Um, I started off in this field really being um, in case management and supporting victims of domestic violence by providing um, and you know case management services, linking them with referrals and resources in their community so that they can um, you know get themselves back to self-sufficiency and get themselves back on their feet. A large number of domestic violence victims become homeless. They um, don't have the means and the resources to take care of themselves and their children after they leave. So it's important that they're being connected with community resources that can help them get back on their feet. Um, I've also done a lot of support group facilitation. What we know about domestic violence survivors is one of the best interventions for trauma survivors and domestic violence survivors is support group. It's to alleviate the isolation is to let them know that there are other people out there that they can identify with. No one's in your exact circumstance, but that can identify with some of the dynamics that you've been going through. So establishing you know, a support system is so very important and that can be done through support groups. So I've been, um, you know, I've done a lot of facilitating in support groups. Um, right now, I currently, like I mentioned earlier, oversee domestic violence shelters, um, confidential locations, and I think that that's a huge work in the aspect of safety. Okay. So we're giving domestic violence survivors an atmosphere into which they can feel safe um, so that they can start their journey towards healing. So we um, take domestic violence victims, we take single victims, families, um, males, um, LGBTQ, AI communities. We don't leave anybody out. We're open to taking anyone who's experiencing domestic violence as well as human trafficking, because that's a whole nother aspect of domestic violence that I won't go into, but <laughs> that is definitely, yeah. yeah, a lot of domestic violence is being um, covered up as, you know, with human trafficking. Um, so that's a whole nother subject, but we take victims of human trafficking also. So, and currently as my role as a director, it's, it's my job to really establish a lot of the policies and procedures to make sure that our services are trauma-informed that we are providing survivors with the best possible support as possible while they're in safe housing. And then advocacy. So I do a lot of advocacy on the policy level um, to you know the city, to mayor's office, to everyone to let them know that like, hey, these are the programs that have been, that are needed right now. So um, in terms of our work, like right now, while we're experiencing the pandemic and domestic violence, which is another, thing that's highly affecting domestic violence. Um, we're establishing programs throughout the communities that um, get survivors safe because mm -hmm. we recognize that with the stay at home order, the need for safety is going up more and more. And it's a need for survivors to get safe housing or safe shelter. And shelter beds are filling up right now at an unprecedented rate. 
So, you know, advocating for other programs that where we can house survivors, whether it's, you know, hotels, motels, whether it's um, opening up more shelters. That's really what my work has been focused on at this time. And um, I still do one-on-one therapy with survivors of trauma and domestic violence. Mainly my therapy is tailored down to survivors of domestic violence. So that is um, one of the qualifiers to get services um, right now with um, my agency and and the portion that I'm working on with providing therapy. So that's what I'm doing in domestic violence and will continue to do. I'll never stop being an advocate. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that. People like you are definitely appreciated and needed um, in in just this field of work. Um, Antes de dejar ir a Amy, rapidito lo que dijo Delina es que obvio nos dio más detalle de que yo les voy a dar pero ella tiene muchísimos años trabajando con esta comunidad a través de representación con las comunidades y diferentes organizaciones y ahorita está en un lugar donde no puede decir dónde, obvio, pero donde les dan hogares a víctimas de violencia doméstica y nos estaba diciendo que um, ayudan a personas de cualquier comunidad, color, um, orientación sexual, personas de la comunidad de LGBT, um, LGBTQ y, y otras personas. Entonces ella dice que toma roles en diferentes organizaciones, diferentes um, espacios de, volu- de voluntad y todo eso a través de seguir siendo una voz para esta comunidad. Y también dijo al último que she will never stop, que nunca va a parar de eh, trabajar con esta comunidad. Y, y para eso yo le dije que, que gracias. Es muy importante tener esa representación para esta comunidad. So um, that's amazing that she's doing this. I just um, I translated a little bit of what you said, obviously not in full detail, Delena. Um, you did amazing. In Spanish. Um, so tell us, Amy, dinos, um, in English y Español, tell us what, what do you do or... Yeah, no, thank you. And and she is a, an awesome person. I, I will say the field is what brought us together. This is actually how we met. So fue como en como nos conocimos ella, yo y... y formamos una verdad un, un bond por el, la pasión que tenemos um, por esta población y esta comunidad. So I'm a clinical director um, and so I work with victims of domestic violence as well. Um, and so what I do is we provide, the modality I guess would be outpatient, but we provide support groups, we provide, you know, we provide um, counseling, legal support, advocacy, right? So all of those things. And so my role is to make sure that that is happening in a trauma-informed way that I'm also pushing with, you know, policy with DCFS and how they understand domestic violence and how that impacts children. Um, I've provided groups as well around trauma, um, but also my start in the field came by working with victims who were experiencing addiction um, and who were involved in the criminal justice system. So rather than um, serving their time in county jail, they were sending, they were serving their time in our program. And so working with victims who 
a lot of traditional shelters like weren't prepared for, right? They weren't prepared to handle addiction. They weren't prepared to handle recidivism and how we get folks, you know, jobs and housing when they have these charges on their record that make it hard. And so that's really how I came into the field. Um, and now even in private practice, right? I work with professionals who themselves are like, I didn't realize that I was in a relationship like this. Um, and it wasn't until you showed me that, you know, the power and control wheel um, or you showed me that resource that I'm realizing that my marriage has been this for the last 10 years. But I didn't think it, it could happen to me because I'm a professional. I have a degree. I do this work. Um, so for me, it's it's a lot of educating in the community. Um, like Delena said, during COVID, um, everything had to go virtual. So I had to create this program virtually um, and still be able to offer that same support, that same level of advocacy um, and a safe space. I think that I look at my work in the community is what kind of safe space can I create? Is that counseling? Is that community support through groups and education? Is that legal services? Is that being a voice when you, when you can't be your own voice because you don't know how? Um, and like Delena, this this is my baby this is my passion i you know i won't i don't think that i could ever not do this work at, in some capacity um and it and it's also because i think that rebuilding self-esteem is so important when you're working with victims of domestic violence and so i really will always see myself attached to that and always be a champion of that so um i didn't yeah. <laughs> So, como se nota, me, me apasiono mucho, so se me va a veces la, la emoción, <ríe> se me sube la emoción. Está bien, está um, pero, <ríe> pero yo empecé um, en, en esta carrera trabajando con víctimas que también estaban sufriendo con adicción um, o también tenían casos legales. Entonces, a, a, hay, hay veces que los um, programas tradicionales no podían servir esa, esa comunidad, ¿verdad? Porque vienen con más, más necesidades, más recursos. So para mí es trabajar con personas a restablecerse en la comunidad, a restablecerse financieramente, um, a, a renovar es, esa estima, ¿verdad? Para que sea más saludable. So yo veo mi, mi trabajo en la comunidad en crear espacios seguros por si la gente necesita ayuda legal. ¿verdad? Si la gente necesita grupos o educación um, sobre la violencia doméstica, si necesita apoyo de, de consejería, también soy terapeuta privada, su so trabajo con muchas personas profesionales que a veces no se dan cuenta que han estado en, esas, en ese tipo de relación o que han sufrido de, de violencia doméstica ¿verdad? antes y nunca pensaron que eso todavía afectaba so, esa educación de esto te puede pasar, no importa ¿verdad? los títulos que tengan, no importa qué tengas en tu cuenta bancaria, es, estas dinámicas también te pueden pasar a ti. So, para mí, igual que Delena, soy muy apasionada, no, no veo mi carrera nunca siendo um, fuera de, de trabajar con víctimas, ¿verdad? Y, y hacer una voz para la gente que ha pensado que, que no la tiene. Um, so es, es de, de trabajar para mí es, es crear edu educación y seguridad para las personas um, para que se restablezcan porque es muy duro, es muy difícil. Um, el labor emocional ¿verdad? de estas relaciones te quita mucho. Entonces para mí eso es mi trabajo, es darte, darte um, una luz para que tú regreses a, a ti misma. Yeah, yeah, wow. 
Thank you. Gracias, Amy. Uh, thank you, Delena. This is, it's just amazing, honestly. It brings, it warms my heart and I'm sure many of the people listening to know that there's individuals out there um, so passionate of working with this community and helping. I think that's why most of us go into these fields of social work and psychotherapy because we want to help in one way or another. And it's amazing what you guys are both um, doing for this community. Is is de veras um, super admirable lo que ustedes están haciendo para esta comunidad, um, especialmente como dos personas. Um, Uh, afroamericana y latina que, que están trabajando con esta comunidad y es súper es, es importante eso. Gracias, gracias por eso. Um, so the next question and it'll, I'll kind of combine the next two um, so you guys could just respond, but I just by curiosity, do you see a pattern on individuals being victims more than once? Um, las siguientes preguntas es, ¿ven habitualidad en las personas que son víctimas más de una vez? And uh, to join that question, the next one, do perpetrators change? ¿Cambian los perpetradores? ¿Hay cambio que ustedes han visto? Um, sí, sí se repite. Si, si no agarras la ayuda que necesitas o no tengas los recursos necesarios, sí hemos visto que, que se repite, ¿verdad? La, la persona um, en ser víctima de, de muchas, de varias parejas. Um, y es porque, como, como hemos hablado, que cuando alguien sale de estas relaciones es muy vulnerable. Y lo que ha pasado psicológicamente, emocionalmente, si eso no, no ha recibido ayuda o apoyo, es, es muy fácil entrar a una relación de nueva. Algo que yo he visto mucho es que la persona me diga, pues esta pareja no me pega, o so nunca pensé que era igual. Pero cuando vemos, está controlando mi teléfono, um, dónde voy, mi verdad emocionalmente me está, es agresivo. Es, es lo mismo, no más se mira diferente, ¿verdad? So, I think what, what I was saying is that we do see repetitive, um, repetitive um, patterns, right? And, and victims being victims more than once. And it's because there's so much emotional vulnerability, um, psychological vulnerability that happens when you leave a relationship that if you don't get the proper support or you're not connected to the proper resources or you haven't done healing work around it, it's really easy um, to get into another relationship. And one thing, um, and I know Delina will have more to add, but one thing that I want to point out is that sometimes what will happen and what I've noticed a lot is that victims will say, well, that partner didn't hit me. And, and so I never realized that it was domestic violence because it wasn't as aggressive or it wasn't as severe. And I'm like, but what are the signs that feel similar? And so they'll say, well, he still checks my phone. He still calls me, you know, multiple times a day. He still checks, you know, my bank account. He's still controlling, he's still emotionally abusive. And so it, it's that, you know, those patterns, they may not look the same, but they're still there. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is easy to have that, that um, be like a habitual relational pattern. Yeah. Yes, I definitely um, agree with everything that Aime is saying here. Um, I just want to add that, you know, it's a lack of support also. Like, you know, not having a support system is a big indicator for a victim returning to these types of relationships. 
And um, not just talking about like support of family and friends, but also community support. We touched on like victim blaming and what it means to be blamed for those um, actions or what was occurring in a relationship. So I think the number one thing is I do see victims repeating these patterns because like I mentioned before, they're trying to fix, they're trying to fix something. You know, an important thing that I learned being a therapist is like, what you don't fix, you repeat. What you don't heal, you repeat. And so if you haven't taken the time to get that healing for yourself, then you start to repeat those patterns. And as we know about as clinicians, like you almost repeat the pattern trying to fix, you know, what was going on. Yep. And it really doesn't, um, you know, it really doesn't, it doesn't stop by you fixing it. Yeah. So the, the victim blaming is another big thing. Just the messages that you get about being a victim, that something is wrong with you. So again, you get into this relationship where you're trying to, you know, fix yourself and you're repeating the cycle again. And then I think another reason why victims, I just want to touch on this, go into these type of relationships again, is that victim blaming, it's easy to blame yourself when you don't see the perpetrator being punished. When you see the perpetrator getting off or people making excuses for their actions, you know, the more likely that I am is to think that something is wrong with me. So I ignore the red flags. And if I haven't got educated about what the red flags are, I don't know, um, you know, what to expect in a healthy and normal relationship. And then I definitely see that what this person was doing to me before has been normalized. Then I'm just going to continue to go into those type of relationships because it does become my level of normalcy as well. Now, I think that relationships need to hurt in order for it to be love. You know, we learn those patterns from childhood, from other conditions in our life. And we think that things need to hurt in order for it to be love. So until we can get that message that it doesn't have to hurt in order for it to be love, um, then I think that they'll continue to repeat the patterns over and over again. Yeah. Es el estigma, ¿verdad? Mm -hmm. um, hay, hay mucho estigma en um, ser una víctima de violencia doméstica. Y, y como dijo Delena, a, a veces lo que vemos es que la persona que es el agresor, nada le pasa, ¿verdad? Hemos visto en corte, porque nosotras también hemos, hemos hecho mucho trabajo um, yendo, yendo a juicios y acompañando a, a, a nuestras clientas y vemos que nada le pasa. No hay cargos, no hay, no hay, um, no, no hay nada de que los hagan a ellos, que hagan trabajo también, que, que están en esas cosas, o so por eso también vemos esos patrones, es que la víctima siente, pues aquí están diciendo que él no ha hecho nada malo, so otra vez el mensaje es que el problema soy yo. Mm, yeah. ¿Verdad? Wow. Y también otra cosa que dijo es el apoyo, ¿verdad? No hay, a veces la gente no tiene apoyo familiar, no tiene amistades, porque como, como hemos dicho, es muy aislante um, estar en una de estas, de, de estas relaciones, entonces si no tienen apoyo en la comunidad, ¿verdad? Si no tienen apoyo fuera de esta relación um, o ya cuando se acabe la relación buscan a otra persona para, para um, buscar compañía, ¿verdad? O piensan que como algo que dijo que es muy importante es que hemos visto patrones desde, desde pequeños, ¿verdad? Que en el amor tiene que doler, tiene que haber, ¿verdad? We have to struggle. Right, in love for it to be real. And so, esas cosas, esas creencias, esas, verdad, ese sistema de creencias que tenemos nos afecta, verdad. Y si no tenemos, si no agarramos el apoyo um, emocional que necesitamos, es muy fácil 
seguir en esos pasos y por eso creo que es muy importante y, y estamos muy agradecidas que nos, nos tengas ahora porque el estigma que, que hay sobre la violencia doméstica en la comunidad, en las comunidades hispanas, afroamericanas, ¿verdad? Y, y, y en, el, en el mundo, porque ese es un problem, problema por todo el mundo, uh -huh. ¿verdad? Um, por eso no hay los suficientes recursos o la, o la ayuda, porque la gente no quiere hablar de estas cosas, no quiere hablar del impacto de estas cosas. Yo he visto... Um, porque he trabajado con, con ¿verdad? En, en las cárceles, he, he trabajado con um, víctimas que están adictas. Lo más común es que vieron la violencia doméstica en su niñez. Uh -huh. yeah. ¿Verdad? So, para mí, eso es uno de los problemas en, en nuestras comunidades que son, um, no sé si me fue la palabra, but root. It's the root yeah. of a lot of problems. Uh -huh. Es la raíz, la raíz de muchos problemas. Uh -huh. Sí. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those those were great points, um, Delena. And thanks for um, translating for her, Amy, about just, you know, um, the community that these individuals have and why, you know, unfortunately, because they are being blamed, they are being misunderstood or, um, you know, this time around the domestic violence looks different than the last time I was in a relationship or whatever it may be, they, they don't recognize. Um, and so it, it makes sense. That's honestly a question that I, when I wrote it, I was like, I've, it's kind of a question that I've always wondered, um, based on what I've seen. I also grew up in a domestic violence home as a child. And so I always kind of wondered as a child, you know, um, and now as, as an adult in this profession, just kind of seeing like, um, you know, what is it that, that that's missing? How can we help people not fall into this again? So thanks for answering that, like on a personal level. And I'm sure, you know, for my listeners as well, it was very, very informative and it gives us a different insight to all of this for sure. Um, and then do perpetrators change? Uh, ¿Cambian los perpetradores? It takes a lot of work. It does. Es mucho trabajo. Yeah, a lot of work. Um, I like to think that anybody can change. Everyone has the ability to change. Mm -hmm. We all can change. The thing about change that we both know is that change has to come from the person. The want to change mm -hmm. has to come from that person. So I can say that perpetrators can change, but it would have to take a perpetrator identifying that this is a behavior that is unhealthy and hurtful to people. So I want to change. I think what the biggest problem is with the system that we see now is that a lot of perpetrators are court mandated to therapy. They're court mandated to support groups. And what we know about that is that there's a very low likelihood, actually less than 1% of perpetrators mm -hmm. actually change when they're court ordered and they're mandated to participate in services. And that's because the agent of change is not the person, it's not them. It's these other systems making you change stipulations yeah, yeah so they're not ha taking that accountability for themselves um i am a believer in therapy for perpetrators but i am a believer in jail i think the behavior has to be punished by some type of um you know punishment and sometimes that has to happen 
in order for the victim to be safe as well. Like the perpetrator has to be removed from that situation so that they can learn that the behavior isn't accepted by us as a society. It's not accepted by the community. You can't buy your way out of the punishment as we've seen in a lot of situations when people are economically able to afford to buy their way, their way out of situations or influence you know, a higher system so that they're able to just walk away. So um, we need to people to be held accountable for their actions. You know, on top of it, offering therapy, but first getting that victim safe. So um, can a perpetrator change? That perpetrator needs to decide, can they change? You know, and it's not our responsibility to, um, you know, put that change on someone else. It has to be something that comes from them. Yeah, I I like that. So one of my favorite things to say, um, to tell people is you have to want to change. Uno de mis dichos favoritos que me gusta decirle a la gente, especialmente en el cuarto de terapia, cuando estoy de, en mi rol de terapeuta, es tienes que querer cambiar. Nadie va a cambiar a forzado, nadie va a cambiar empujado. Um, uh, Delaney was saying, you know, they court order people to do these therapies and things. Um, just like they court order sometimes individuals that are addicts or things like that. Oh, you have mm -hmm. to go to rehab. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. you do tend to see a pattern in them as well going back into their old habits because they were court order. It's not something that they wanted to do or maybe just weren't ready to do yet. Um, obviously, it's a different topic, but I think when forced in that way, um, you definitely don't see that voluntary um, effort mm -hmm to want to change from the individual. Um, so I told es, es un papel, ¿verdad? Es un papel que tienen que, ¿verdad? Um, que tienen que, um, they have to play, right? Es, es un papel que tienen que actuar, ¿verdad? Que, que voy a hacer estas clases, que voy a hacer la terapia, pero es nomás para que me manden esa carta, ¿verdad? Al abogado, a la corte, lo que sea. Um, y, y no es individual que la persona quiera tomar responsabilidad. Y, y eso es lo importante, es, es querer, ten, querer tomar responsabilidad para sus acciones, ¿verdad? Como terapeutas, como trabajadora social, ¿verdad? La esperanza es, es raíz de, del trabajo que hago. Tengo que creer que, la persona, que las personas quieren cambiar, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. Que hay esperanzas que cambien es, esos um, comportamientos problemáticos, pero... Tiene que venir del, del individual, ¿verdad? Porque si la, si la persona no quiere, a veces lo que pasa cuando son forzados es resentimiento uh -huh. y es más enojo, ¿verdad? Y, y lo que pasa es que la gente se pone más peligrosa, ¿verdad? Uh -huh. y, y por eso um, es importante, como dijo ella, ella um, Delina es, es creyente que las personas tienen que sufrir consecuencias. Tiene que haber un reproche, tiene que haber un castigo para que, ¿verdad? Para que entiendan, ¿verdad? Que esto no, no es normal, que este comportamiento no es, no es um, algo que nosotros estamos diciendo que, ah, no, no es nada, ¿verdad? Nomás hace estas clases y ya, ya se acabó todo. Um, so, también es, es de, de tener, ¿verdad? Un sistema de castigo que es apropiado pero también que la persona individualmente acepte responsabilidad 
¿verdad? Y el cargo de cambiar, porque es, es mucho trabajo, es, es lo, lo que en el principio te dije, te dije antes de que comenzáramos que el, el sanar de este tipo de relación, sanar de esta, um, de tener estos um, issues with, you know, con el enojo, con la ira, ¿verdad? Cambiar eso es, es un trabajo personal que es muy laboral. So no, no es nada que nomás se puede hacer en tres meses. Estos son cambios ya por vida. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wow. So much information in this episode. I hope everyone listening is, you know, it's going to be taking it in just, just as much as I am. So thank you so much, ladies. Uh, for the final question, do you have any final tips and or resources for victims, perpetrators on how they can get help to change, um, acquaintances or friends of victims on that they can maybe pass on to to these individuals that could be useful. Um, y la última pregunta es consejos o recursos finales que ellas tengan para las víctimas, amistades de las víctimas que les podrán dar, um, que, que les pueda ayudar o también hasta para los perpetradores sobre cómo obtener ayuda para cambiar. Um, I think the most important thing that I want to say to um, anyone who's experiencing this is just, um, you know, you don't have to suffer in silence. You can speak up. There is help available and there are, um, you know, people like us, there's people, um, so many people who have dedicated their lives and have a passion for helping people get help. And so we're still here. Um, that's another message that I want to send to people. I know that the pandemic is going on and we're in the middle of um you know some unprecedented times right now but i want to let you know that we'll, we're still here mm -hmm. we are an essential service and so mm -hmm. we're still open we are still providing services we are still providing shelter to victims so mm -hmm. you know get help we're here to help you um mm -hmm. so i know that there are various um lines that are open 24 hours a day there's a national domestic violence hotline i'll shout them out 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-799-SAFE. <laughs> so you can always have that. Um, they've expanded so many services that you can get services like online. They have online chat groups on loversrespect.org. Um, you can get support through text. You can text to 22522 to get services that way. Log on and get chat services. Everyone is still here to help. So that's the mm -hmm. most important thing I want to, um, you know, anybody who's experiencing this to know that we're still here, willing to know. And the second thing is, um, you know, have a plan. Um, you never know when violence escalates beyond your control. And I know that you guys are all experts in your situation and you know usually what to expect, but sometimes perpetrator behavior is really unexpected. Mm -hmm. So have a safety plan for yourself. When we know about safety plans in the moment that you're trying to think of what to do in that situation, your brain kind of like shuts down when you're in a moment of tragic. So having a safety plan is the number one thing that, you know, you can have so that you know if things are going to happen. Know who to call, you know, know where your important documents are if you need to leave. Um, so have some of those safety plans available. And, um, you know, I just want to say that I know that you're dealing with this, but just know that you're brave and you're strong. You're doing everything that you can every day to survive. 
this situation. And so I want you to know that you are brave and that you are strong and that you can make it out of this situation and that we will be here to help you. Thank you so much, Jelena, for that um, final message. Y ahorita Amy uh, va a traducir lo que acaba de decir, Jelena. Um, but before I let you go, Amy, I would love to um, get access to those resources if you don't mind emailing them, Jelena, um, so I can make a post uh, for individuals so that you guys listening can go to Instagram or social media and find those phone numbers and websites and stuff that she just shared because it's, it's definitely important to have access to them, even if you're not a victim yourself, but if you know of someone so you can pass on the resources, which is how it works, right? In community and helping each other out, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Amy. Gracias. Sí, lo que dijo Angelina es que lo primero que quiere decir es que no están solas y no tienen que sufrir en silencio y solas. Aquí estamos todavía. Nuestras agencias son um, agencias que son esenciales. So estamos abiertas. Todavía estamos ayudando a víctimas a, a tener servicios, ¿verdad? Si, si necesitan a, alguna um, algún lugar donde quedarse, si necesitan um, servicios legales, si necesitan más apoyo. Hay números que... Um, también pueden, puede uno llamar um, para recibir ayuda por texto, um, nomás hablar a la gente que le pueden dar más recursos. El, el más grande es el, la organización nacional um, que tiene un número que es el 800-799-7233, que hasta tienen sitio, ¿verdad?, en el, en el internet, um, donde te dicen cómo... Um, recibir tu servicio seguramente te hacen preguntas por si alguien está viendo tu teléfono verdad so, hay diferentes organizaciones aquí en los la, los dos trabajamos um, desde el sur de california so, hay muchas agencias que tienen líneas las 24 horas no nomás para víctimas pero también si eres un agresor y, y estás haciendo ese trabajo del cambio también hay recursos para ustedes pero también queremos decir que Eres fuerte y mereces estar segura y, y no te tienes que sentir, ¿verdad? Estos servicios no son para juzgar, no son para nada de eso, nomás es para mantener la, la seguridad y regresarte parte de tu vida que has perdido por estas relaciones. So, siempre recordando que el sobrevivir esto, alguien muy fuerte lo está haciendo porque estas dinámicas, todo lo que impacta en la vida uno, no es fácil, no es nada, nada fácil um, es ser verdad madre a, a tus hijos mientras esas cosas estén pasando. Um, si eres persona soltera que está sobre, sobreviviendo sin familia, sin amistades, todo esto es, es muy duro. So queremos decir que no están sola, aquí estamos nosotras y, y hay muchas más personas que hacen este trabajo, que estamos listas para ayudar y para abrir ¿verdad? nuestros brazos y ser una, una, um, una luz o una ¿verdad? parte segura para ti. Um, si estás en relación, si te quieres salir, si te quieres quedar, lo que sea, hay servicios para ti. Um, so sí, vamos a mandarte todos esos recursos, recursos para que también si eres profesional, si eres terapeuta, if you're a therapist, know your limitations also in serving this community and know the resources that are also out there for you, encouraging clients to go to 
advocates and counselors that are specifically trained to do DV work. So si eres terapeuta, si eres profesional, también conoce tus límites si necesitas ayuda o necesitas recursos de una consejera de, de personas que hacen este trabajo, que están entrenadas para hacer específicamente este trabajo. También um, en, en Google, ¿verdad? Internet, Google, you can Google help resources, any any of that stuff. So if you're a professional, you know, know, know to reach out. Um, at our page via at the therapist spot on Instagram, we do posts on domestic violence, um, and we're also happy to answer DMs and provide those um, resources for you. So nuestra página, um, que es at a therapist spot, le, le vamos a mandar todo esto a ella. Si necesitan recursos, también hacemos, verdad, damos información. Um, via nuestras redes sociales o so, si necesitan de algo hay personas que están listas y, y quieren ayudar right? we, we want to help um, and we want to make sure that people know that like Delena said they don't have to suffer by themselves there's so many of us out here wanting to do this work yeah and I just want to add in regards to work is that I'd like to you know give a little bit just a little tip for victims and advocating for themselves um, I didn't mention that some of the work I do is um, overseeing DART teams, which are domestic violence response teams that go out to um, homes when the police are called in domestic violence cases. So I oversee those teams in four different police divisions. And so just to let advocates know that when they are um, calling the police or interacting with authorities, like you can ask for an advocate to be there. You can ask for somebody who is trained in this mm -hmm. uh, profession in this field to come out to assist with um, the police because we wanna make sure like Aime was mentioning in regards to having professionals who are trained in this field present so they know how to respond to the needs of survivors. Like ask for that service mm -hmm. so that you can make sure that you're getting what you need in order to be safe. And that way you're linked to um, services that can provide you safety and provided all of your options. Um, like I mentioned, advocacy is so important and people being educated about what services are out there. So whenever I get a chance to give a tip about services, you know, ask for a restraining order on the scene, you know, <laughs> ask for a domestic violence specialist yeah. to come to the scene so that yeah. you're able to have somebody who's knowledgeable because I don't think these conversations are happening enough from um, the terms of people who respond to these situations. And so we need that. We recognize that there is a need for that. Puedes tener un equipo completo, un equipo completo contigo en la corte, en las estaciones de policía. Es lo que estaba diciendo Delena, que es muy importante que puedes puedes pedir que esté alguien ahí que, que dé apoyo en la, en la estación de policías en la corte, um, que también están entrenados para hacer esto. So, hay, hay un equipo que te espera. Uh -huh. Sí, sí, eso es muy importante saberlo. Um, thank you guys for those tips um, because it is important for for friends or acquaintances of victims and victims to know that they do have a whole team of people out there um, that can help them and be a part of this uh, journey with them as they're trying to get out of those relationships and, and whatnot. So thank you guys so much. Wow, ladies, I... I am out of words. I am so uh, grateful that you guys um, were able to join me for this episode. I'm so glad um, 
that, you know, I reached out and got you guys to come on the show because the information you have given has just been useful for me and I'm sure useful for anyone listening. Um, le quiero dar muchas gracias a Amy a De, a Delena por ser parte de este episodio de veras es un honor um, esta información ha sido muy ayudante para mí misma como profesional y um, aprendí mucho yo y yo sé que ustedes escuchando también tuvieron que aprender mucho de esto es muy importante um, como dijo Delena hace rato es educarse si uno no sabe um, it's really important you know for us to educate ourselves about things that we don't know and topics we don't know about, as Delena said earlier. And and this was just very, very educational, very informative. Um, and I definitely see the passion in both of you working with these communities. And it's amazing to have individuals out there like you guys. Um, thank you, ladies, so much for joining us today. It has been a true pleasure. Um, I, I think I told you guys before we started this is our final episode of the third season and i wouldn't have wanted to finish it with anyone else um or with any other episode it was it was a great episode um para los que hablan español hay que darle las gracias a estas chicas por compartir este tiempo con nosotros um, es el último episodio de nuestra tercera época y de veras aprecio que haya sido con ellas y a través de este tema porque creo que es algo muy importante um, de lo que tenemos que hablar y y de veras han traído ellas una buena representación con nosotros a través de todo esto. Se les ve la pasión que ellas sienten ayudando um, a individuos de esta comunidad. So thank you guys again. Um, and as Gracias always, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, thank you to all our listeners. I appreciate you all very much. Um, like I said, at last we've completed uh, season three. Um, and uh, we are at our last episode of season three. As you guys all know, I'm continuing to do this alone, so it can be difficult, but my goal is to get you guys an episode at least once a month. So it's a great way to finish the season, to finish the year, um, and there'll be definitely a lot more topics to come um, in January and into the new year. Um, gracias a todos, como siempre, por seguir escuchando. Igual los aprecio mucho. Um, como les dije, este es el fin de la tercera época y pues um, ha sido un poquito difícil porque la hago, hago este proyecto sola, pero de veras aprecio que sigan aquí conmigo y escuchando y um, mi idea es uh, darles aunque sea un episodio al mes y espero que estén confortables con eso y que sigan escuchando y um, dándonos el soporte y claro, uh, diciéndole a los demás de nuestro de nuestro show, que la idea es um, que la gente pueda aprender y utilice uh, todo esto um, de cualquier manera de educación o para decirle a los demás de esto. Uh, thanks again, ladies, for sharing the space with us. Before I let you go, I would like to tell, uh, well, I would like to ask for you guys to tell those who are listening um, to us where they can find you, uh, any information you would like to give, social media realms, whatever it is, um, or anywhere they can reach out to ask questions. Um, um, 
igual en español. Muchísimas gracias, chicas, por compartir este espacio con nosotras. Y antes de que se vayan, me gustaría que les den a los que están escuchando cualquier información que quieran a través de donde las pueden apo apoyar, seguirlas en, en las redes sociales o cualquier pregunta que tengan para ustedes. Yeah, um, so we, we are most active um, probably on Instagram. And so we have a page called The Therapist Spot. Um, so estamos um, muy activas en Instagram. Nuestra página um, es, se llama The Therapist Spot y es un sitio donde damos ¿verdad? recursos, hablamos de, de diferentes cosas sobre um, la salud mental, um, terapia, de terapia um, es, es un espacio para terapeutas, damos mucha información um, para personas que están ¿verdad? buscando a, a borrar este estigma de recibir ayuda. Um, that's the whole purpose of why we created that page was to break the stigma of mental health and encourage people to, to do therapy, but also because we wanted folks to know that your therapist can also look like you. Um, like you mentioned, we are, you know, women of color and we're so proud of working with victims that uh, and clients that are mostly from communities of color. So you can look for us at, at the therapist spot and any other information that you want, we're happy to share to share there. Okay. Um, anything else you wanted to add, Delena? I just want to thank you for putting this platform together and giving us opportunity to share this information. I think it's so important what you're doing, just setting up a platform to get this information to the community and to your listeners. So that's what I really want to say. It's just thank you for being yeah. an advocate as well. There's so many ways to be an advocate. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're doing advocacy work as well. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, Yeah, that's that that was the idea behind this podcast, you know, to break the stigma, destigmatize mental health and all topics. And so I do do my best to try to um, provide episodes with uh, professionals that, you know, whatever it is, that topic of discussion that, you know, they know what they're talking about. It's information, you know, they got the background. And so this has been just an amazing episode. Thank you both ladies. Um, so yeah, you guys can find them and on Instagram that is at the therapist spot. Los pueden encontrar en el Instagram que va a ser arroba t h e t h e r a p i s t s p o t que es The Therapist Spot. Um, so, búsquenlas, cualquieres preguntas que tengan, um, cualquieres recursos que busquen, ellas están ahí para ayudarlas y darles información necesaria. Um, reach out to them, you guys. Reach out. Any questions you might have, I'm sure they, you know, will be ready to answer any DMs, um, any resources you might want to get from them, any information, questions you might have, you know. Um, we're, we're here to help, all of us, right? As professionals, this is what we what we went into these fields of work to do. And so um, I'm sure they'll be gladly to talk to you guys. Thanks again, ladies. I will let you enjoy the rest of your weekend. You. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday and this will release this upcoming Friday, but enjoy your weekend, ladies. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you. I really, really did appreciate doing this episode with you. Thank you. Likewise. Wow, uh, 
was that not a super informative episode? I decided to um, do Chisme del Dia alone today because usually it's myself um, who has uh, a lot more things to ramble about. So I'm probably doing my guests a favor for letting them go. But I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. It was just so much information and really, really helpful information at that Um uh, like I touched base earlier, I I was a child um, who was a part of domestic violence um, when I was really young from my biological father. And uh, my mom really lived through some, you know, excuse my language, but shit. Uh, and so um, fortunately, I no longer have contact with that individual and she didn't have contact with him anymore after um, the first few years of my life, but it definitely resonated. And I can imagine what she was feeling as a victim um, during those times and what some of these victims feel um, because it, it's tough. Uh, one of the things that my mom had shared with me that my dad kind of held over her was that my mom was an immigrant and um, he was not. And so he would be like, oh, you're going to get deported and I'm going to keep her if you go or if you tell on me or if you call the police. And so that was one of the things that unfortunately kept my mom in that relationship for so long. Um, so as many of you know, my mom's no longer with us, um, but it just really resonated with me with some of the things that, that she might have dealt with. Um, back in the day. So it was a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm so grateful for them joining me for this episode. Um, so yeah. Y como dije en inglés, nomás um, uh, les pregunté a los que están escuchando um, qué pensaron del episodio. Fue súper informativo. Um, como dije yo antes, no sé si lo dije en español, pero pues mi yo crecí en un hogar de dom violencia doméstica. Mi mamá fue víctima de, de, de violencia doméstica um, cuando ella era, yo era muy chiquita de mi papá biológico. Entonces, escuchar algunas de las cosas que ellas explicaron a través de las víctimas y como de las víctimas y cómo se sienten, me puse a pensar, wow, esto ha de haber sido alguna de las cosas que mi mamá estaba pasando. Um, tristemente, en, la, en el caso de mi mamá, um, ella era inmigrante y mi papá no era. Entonces, una de las cosas que él uh, le ponía sobre su cabeza era o oh, si llamas a la policía o si le dices a alguien o si me reportas te van a llevar a ti te van a, a regresar a México y yo me voy a quedar con la niña y ella se va a quedar aquí en los Estados Unidos o le decía se la van a llevar um, a un hogar para adoptarla etcétera so eso fue mi mamá fue una de las cosas que compartió conmigo que la hizo um, quedarse mucho tiempo que fue casi cinco más años con, con esa persona. Entonces, pues, pues yo entiendo personalmente un poquito de lo que han de pasar estas víctimas y pues obvio me da muchas um, orgullo que hay personas um, ahora mucho más organizaciones y todo representando a esta comunidad. Y bueno, pues hoy haré el chisme del día sola porque generalmente pues soy yo la 
la que tiene tanta cosa de qué platicar, así que probablemente le estoy haciendo un favor a mis invitados por dejarlas ir, um, pero estoy muy agradecida con, con estas uh, muchachas, estas chicas uh, que decidieron unirse a nosotros hoy en este episodio. Espero que todas ustedes hayan disfrutado de su presencia desde donde nos estén escuchando y que el episodio haya sido igual de informativo para ustedes como fue para mí. Um, as part of today's Chisme del Día, I'd like to thank you all for continuing to listen and be part of my passion through this project of dismantling mental health. I do not do this for any form of fame or advertisement. I truly do this to just be a voice uh, for the communities of color. I am a one-person team, but I put my heart into this because I believe big time in being a voice for the community and advocating as the ladies were talking about the importance of advocating earlier. Um, So with that in mind, please do not hesitate to reach out with any episode ideas you may have or uh, anything you'd like to hear about. If you have any one that you know would be good for our episode, if you personally would like to collaborate in any project, um, as some of you guys know, I like to do volunteer work. I like to collaborate in different things. I like to come and speak. If um, you would like to have me come and speak, anything like that, you know, let me know, reach out. I would love to be a part of it. Um, that's that's my goal, you know, just to spread the message and to help dismantle um, the taboos around mental health. I love to work in community and I would love to work with anyone wanting to team up or do more uh, for nuestra gente. So do not hesitate to reach out. Como parte del chino día de hoy, me gustaría agradecerles a todos por seguir escuchándonos y por ser parte de mi pasión a través de este proyecto para desmantelar la salud mental es ese es mi propósito porque empecé acá entre nos no hago esto por ninguna forma de fama o publicidad realmente lo hago para hacer una voz para la comunidad las comunidades de color um, soy un equipo de una sola persona pero pongo mi corazón en esto porque creo en muy, muy grande en ser una voz para la comunidad latina. Um, como muchos de ustedes saben, me gusta ser parte de proyectos, de uh, servicios de comunidad, um, venir a platicar a cualquier evento, lo que sea. Entonces, uh, no, no, no se les salga de la mente, no duden en comunicarse con cualquier idea de episodio que les gustaría escuchar, que pueda tener Um, que pueda ayudar en, en, en esta misión y si que quieren con, colaborar conmigo en cualquier otro proyecto de servicios de comunidad, lo que sea, um, pues contáctenme. Me, me encanta trabajar en comunidad y me encantaría trabajar con cualquiera que quiere formar equipo y para, pues, para seguir haciendo más por, por nuestra comunidad, para nuestra gente y, y um, para representar. En the chisme of news, as we all know, we are still in a horrible pandemic, losing hundreds of Americans and people daily. Um, I actually just saw that yesterday alone, over 2,800 people died in America from this virus. Um, yes, the survival rate of this virus is high for some, um, up to 99%, but we cannot dismissed that many people have lost loved ones due to it and unfortunately by ethnicity uh, more people of color are dying of this virus um, than people of the white community so take care of yourselves follow cdc suggestions and look out for one another um you know just also uh 
you know, just taking care of each other and, and protecting yourself and following, you know, wearing your mask, washing your hands, et cetera, just to be respectful for those that might have less of a higher um, survival chance. Um, also, it looks like we have a new president and first lady. Uh, it's, you know, looking like it's more official of, of, you know, them winning and that they're going to be leading us in the near future. Um, personally, it cannot come sooner, but obviously we have to wait. Uh, and I truly hope, like I'm sure most of you, that things turn around with them in power. It has been personally one of the worst uh, four years for ourselves as a country. Um, even though these have not been the worst year, four years of my personal life, um, but obviously we've all seen the suffer personally from a lot of individuals, and um, it has been heartbreaking for me to see uh, what you know this administration has done over the four years to our country. There's so much uh, selfishness, heartlessness, hate that has traveled and led our society, and I hope that um, these two. Uh, bring us into unity again uh, by leading by example to help heal some of the scars that have been left with the current administration. Um, I encourage you all to enter the new year led by love, selflessness, empathy for others, even when you do not have experience dealing with the similar issues that they might be dealing with. Check your privilege and be a better team player. Life should not be about taking advantage and selfish selfishness. Um, it should be about community service and um, obviously empathetic selflessness. So that's just something um, that I wanted to encourage uh, in you guys. En el Cisbe las noticias, como todos sabemos, todavía estamos en una pandemia horrible. Personalmente ayer vi que solo en un día um, perdimos más de 200,800 personas um, en solo los Estados Unidos. Uh, estamos perdiendo a cientos de estadounidenses y personas también a nivel mundial. Um, diariamente, porque esto no solo está pasando aquí en los Estados Unidos. Uh, el porcentaje de sobrevivir sí es más de 99% para muchos de este virus, pero uh, obvio um, problemas, personas con otros problemas de salud mental y cosas así, pues no tienen ese mismo uh, porcentaje de sobrevivir. Um, no podemos desfiar que muchas personas han perdido a sus seres queridos debido a este virus y lamentablemente um, pues dicen que por etnicidad mueren más personas de color a causa de este virus que personas de la comunidad blanca. So, cuídense por favor, sigan las sugerencias del CDC um, y cuiden, hay que cuidarnos a unos y a otros y ponernos nuestras máscaras, lavarnos las manos, etcétera, para, para tratar de parar este virus. He escuchado que según ya viene la vacuna, um, obvio cada quien va a decidir si la quiere tomar o no, pero espero que esto también nos ayude para que podamos seguir a nuestras vidas um, normales o oh que pensábamos que eran normales antes de todo esto. Uh, también parece que tenemos un nuevo presidente y una primera dama uh, dirigiéndonos en el futuro cercano. Um, obvio no puede llegar más pronto, pero tenemos que esperar. Y realmente espero que como, bueno, como yo lo siento, espero... Uh, um, 
me asumo que ustedes también piensan lo mismo a la mayoría, que las cosas cambien con ellos en poder y que nos puedan unidar otra vez, um, porque han sido los peores cuatro años para nuestro um, país. Tal vez no para todos, pero hay tanto egoísmo, falta de corazón y odio que ha viajado y, y liderado en um, nuestra so sociedad. Espero que estos dos nos unan y nos lideren con el ejemplo para ayudar a sanar algunas de las cicatrices que se han quedado con el actual de... Um, de esta administración que tenemos uh, hoy en día. Los animo a todos que entren en el año uh, guiados por el amor, el altruismo y la empatía por los demás, incluso cuando no tengan experiencia en lidiar con problemas similares a los demás, que escuchen, que se eduquen y que traten de entender. Es, esa es la importancia de comunidad y um, de representación en nuestras comunidades. Uh, compruebe su privilegio y sea un mejor jugador de equipo. La vida no debe de tratarse de aprovecharse y seguir egoísta. Debe de tratarse de la comunidad, del servicio y de ser un humano empático hacia los demás. Uh, lastly, in the season of giving, some of you may have seen we are doing a toy drive this month in collaboration with the team of Real Woman Sisterhood. Check them out on Instagram at real woman underscore sisterhood and by the time you will be listening to this we would be halfway through the month but we have a goal of 800 and could use all the help we can get since we have committed to three organizations to do toy drop-ups we just did one um this weekend and our uh our final dropouts are december 20th and the 22nd our toy drive does end on the 20th so any last toys or uh donations that we get on the 20th we will gather uh for the 22nd if we haven't already done the drop off on the 20th go to our instagram to check out all the details on how you can financially support and or purchase toys um we can do a drop off pickup arrangement or we also have an amazon list going where you can purchase toys from there as well um and obviously any financial support you can sell me you can um venmo me i've put my venmo out there you can at, cash at me as well 10 15 20 obviously if you're privileged enough to give more that'd be awesome um i have been posting for those of you following me uh buying toys what i have purchased i've taken pictures of the receipts and everything just to make sure that people know that the money is going towards this toy drive i am not pocketing any money whatsoever for myself um, por último en esta temporada de donaciones algunos de ustedes pueden haber visto que estamos haciendo una colección de juguetes este es el mes en eh, um, de dar obvio y so hemos hecho esta col colaboración con el equipo de Real Woman Sisterhood. Échales un vistazo en Instagram. Um, es arroba eh, real, R-E-A-L, woman, W, uh, perdón, W-O-M-E-N. Y es la línea que va abajito, el underscore y sisterhood. Um, S-I-S-T-E-R-H-O-O-D. Y cuando pues estés um, escuchando este episodio, ya estaremos al medio del mes, pero no 
no significa que todavía no pueden ayudar. Tenemos una meta de 800 dólares y nos vendría bien toda la ayuda que podamos obtener desde, um, porque nos hemos comprometido con tres organizaciones. Este fin de semana ya dimos juguetes y donaciones para, que fue casi como 300 dólares de juguetes um, para la primera organización y nuestra última entrega va a ser el 20 para otra y el 22 de diciembre para la tercera. Uh, nuestra recolección de juguetes se finaliza el 20, pero es porque queremos los dos días para comprar juguetes si tenemos dinero y um, organizar para la última la última entrega. Vaya a nuestro Instagram para ver todos los detalles sobre cómo puede apoyar financieramente y o comprar juguetes. Tenemos una lista en Amazon donde puede ir directamente al link y comprar juguetes y mandarlos um, que van a venir a mi casa y luego yo obvio los voy a entregar. También podemos uh, arreglarnos para recoger o dejar juguetes con nosotros. Uh, contáctenme también en Instagram por mis uh, mensajes y yo me arreglaré a ver cómo a recoger los juguetes y um, recibir cualquier ayuda que ustedes me quieran dar. Um, bueno, aquí nos despedimos. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is where I'll leave you guys because it's already uh, been a, a long episode and then obviously I can go on forever ranting. <laughs> Don't forget, you can contact me via email at acantrenosfam at gmail.com or reach out to me uh, via Instagram or Facebook. Um, obviously, you know, I'm always available to speak or anything that you guys would like to tell me, any ideas or anything like that, let me know. On Instagram, again, I am at acá, A-C-A-E-N-T. T-R-E-N-O-S Acantenos double um, underscore. So don't hesitate to reach out and give us a follow. Um, no se les olvide, me pueden um, contactar, enviarme un correo electrónico que va siendo Acantenos F-A-M Acantenos FAM arroba Uh, gmail.com o me pueden contactar en Facebook o Instagram que va siendo arroba acá entre nos y dos linitas um, que van abajo que se, se dice en inglés underscore pero la verdad no sé cómo se dice en español pero encuéntrenme síganos cualquier pregunta cualquier idea no no se detengan en contactarme. Es importante trabajar en comunidad para seguir este proyecto y pues ayudarnos um, a, a seguir esta representación. Espero que les haya gustado el episodio. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, I will see you guys until next time, probably into the new year. So happy new year, happy holidays. Hasta la próxima. Tal vez no los, um, no me escucharán hasta el, nuevo año, so feliz año nuevo y feliz días festivos uh, de estas navidades bye, have a great one, thank you guys so much, we will be in contact soon, bye